ipako onipako laarin eni eleni ni riteni ipa ogbe ni nsan ipa ohun ki san inu buruku lagba ni agba ki ni oju buruku inonjo ogiri osa o wa ngba gere gere somi ilu kan o to egunjo baba lufun ama aluaya According to Yoruba tradition, a young person quoting proverbs in the presence of adults must do so humbly and respectfully. Therefore, in line with tradition, I humbly crave the indulgence of my parents and Yoruba elders worldwide before going ahead with this episode. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. So the first proverb I have says, Ilukon otoe gunjo, baba lufun. One drum is not enough for an Egun person to dance to. If one drums for him, he too will play a rhythm on his chest. One drum is not enough for an Egun person to dance to. If one drums for him, he too will play a rhythm on his chest. So the Egun tribe is a tribe in Yoruba land that is predominantly found in Lagos State, some parts of Ogun State, as well as some parts of the Republic of Benin, which borders Nigeria um, to towards the west. Yes, the southwestern part of Nigeria, that's where the border with the Republic of Benin is. So the Egun tribe is a tribe, it's a relatively small tribe, and as part of their culture, they have masquerade festivals and so on. And during these masquerade festivals, of course, there's a lot of drumming and dancing. So the Egun people, they have a lot of drum in their culture, similar to other Yoruba tribes. So this proverb is describing how when the Egun person is dancing, they usually also drum um, with their hands on their chest. So that's part of the culture. Um, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But the proverb is just using this as an analogy to someone where you are drumming for him. The drum is not enough for him to dance to. He also has to play a rhythm with his hands on his chest. Similar to when, you know, you're listening to music and you're tapping your legs or making some rhythm on your hand or your chest, as the case may be. So this normal thing in the Egun culture is being used to describe someone who is never satisfied with whatever other people do for him, but he must also make adjustments himself. And we see this in so many different examples of people where you do something for them, uh, maybe you make cook for them, and they are going around to look for extra salt, indirectly telling you that the food you made is either too salty or not salty enough. Or you buy something for them and they're asking you, where, how can they return it to get something else from the store? Indirectly telling you that you got something they didn't like or you got something that is not as fashionable as they would like to receive from you. So 
we see this in different cultures, different types of people at, at work, within their family group, our friend groups, people who are just never satisfied with all, what other people do for them. And this Egun tradition is the example that is being used here. Again, the Egun people, they dance, and then the part of their dancing routines is they also use their hands to drum on their chest. There's nothing wrong with that, but that is just an analogy of someone, when you do something for them, they find ways to make adjustments, indirectly or directly telling you that what you did is not up to par, similar to the English proverb that says, don't look the gift horse in the mouth. If someone does something to you, you appreciate it. That is what they are capable of doing at that particular point in time. So you make food for somebody and they are telling you this food is a little bit salty, but not trying to offend you. But again, they've already gone ahead and said it. So, ilukon kotoe gunjo, baba lufun amaluaya. One drum is not enough for an Egun person to dance to. If one drums for him, he too will play a rhythm on his chest. So the second proverb says, Inonjo Ogiriosa. Uwangba gere gere so me. Fire burns and the wall does not run from it. So now the fire moves threateningly towards water. Inonjo ogiriosa. Uwangba gere gere so me. Fire burns and the wall does not run from it. So now the fire moves threateningly towards water. So this proverb, um, in typical Yoruba fashion, compares two things to make a solid, insightful point. So when fire is burning and it's approaching a house or a wall or any other physical structure, that physical structure has nowhere to run to. It stands there expecting the fire. So now the fire is seeing this wall as not afraid of it, thinking, what does this wall think he is? I'm coming with my full force, destroying everything in my path, and this wall is just standing there, not running. So now the fire is thinking, okay, if the wall thinks is invincible, let me approach this body of water and then lick up the water. But of course, water is the antidote to fire in the fire's arrogance approaches the water and then the fire gets quenched. So all of this to basically, the analogy for all this is that someone who is powerless against other people should not make threatening moves, assuming that he will remain powerful against those other people. So the fire is powerless against the wall, but then makes a threatening move towards the water, which will be his undoing. So someone who is powerless against others should not keep making threatening moves because what are the chances your power would still overcome other people? That you are, If you're powerless against this group, then chances are you would remain powerless against another group and so on. So just, all, just to say that humility is important, um, knowing our limits, knowing our capabilities and so on is, is very important. Inonjo Ogiriosa. 
Owangba Gere Gere Somi. Fire burns and the wall does not run from it. So now the fire moves threateningly towards water. So the next proverb says, Inu buruku lagbani, agbaki ni oju buruku. So a venerable elder, if at all, should have an unpleasant interior. A venerable elder should not have an unpleasant demeanor. Inu buruku lagbani, agbaki ni oju buruku. A venerable elder, if at all, should have an unpleasant interior. A venerable elder should not have an unpleasant demeanor. So with with maturity, with age, um, we start to realize that it's not everything we feel that we show outwardly. And that is the mark of a mature elder. That is the mark of a venerable elder. If a venerable elder should have an unpleasant interior versus exterior, a venerable elder would choose to have an unpleasant interior, meaning whatever it is they are thinking that is negative towards others, they keep it inside. A venerable elder should not have an unpleasant demeanor. So we shouldn't allow the way we really feel to push us into unseemly behavior. And that is what is being described here for a venerable elder. So a venerable elder, regardless of what he or she is feeling internally, you wouldn't find that elder now behaving outwardly based on what they are feeling internally. Inu buruku lagbani, agbaki ni oju buruku. A venerable elder, if at all, should have an unpleasant interior, unpleasant internal feelings. A venerable elder should not have an unpleasant demeanor. So whenever we come across elders and they are jovial or at least, at, at the very least, um, maintaining a neutral stance, they shouldn't find a venerable elder scowling and being angry and outwardly showing the anger and so on. So the next proverb says, The wound left by a cutlass may heal, but the wound left by words do not heal. The wound left by a cutlass may heal, but the wound left by words does not heal. So this is quite straightforward. Um, injury inflicted through speech is impossible to heal. A similar proverb goes by Enyi Loro. Tuba Bale, Fifonim Fo. Once word has been spoken, it's comparable to breaking an egg. You can't put the egg back inside the way it was before. So the wound by a physical object, knife, cutlass, needle, whatever the object is, those kind of wounds can heal. And the scar might even over time, be back to the way the skin was. But wounds left by words, speech, do not heal. 
sometimes we see cases where someone says something and 20, 30, 40 years, even generations to come, those words still, they're still hurtful. The wound left by a cutlass may heal, but the wound left by words does not heal. So for the final proverb, it goes, we only see the back of other people's heads and only other people can see the back of our own head. We only see the back of other people's heads and only other people can see the back of our own heads. So all of this to say that we usually pay closer attention to other people's faults than to our own fault. While other people are quite aware of our own faults. So this is again quite straightforward. Um, and even the holy books in different versions and formats describe something like this. Remove the plank in your own eyes before removing the speck in someone else's eyes. And it's very, very easy to identify and pinpoint fault in other people. And it's literally being unaware of our own faults because it's only other people that can point out our own faults to us. So everybody needs close family members and close friends that can consistently highlight those faults. And it's an ongoing relationship to basically minimize those faults to the best possible um, extent. We only see the back of other people's heads. And it's only other people that can see the back of our own head. So that's all I have for this episode 54 of the Yoruba Proverbs podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.